0: And welcome to this week's edition for the Wise Up podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise is my platform to inform the South Asian community about Texas and national politics. You can find us on all forms of social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, our handle is at Wise You can also listen to our segments on Monday mornings on Coffee Mornings with Aisha on Radio Azad. And last but not least, you can find our podcasts on Stitcher, TuneIn, um, Google Play, and iTunes. Again, just search us for at wiseftx and check out our website, www.wiseftx.com. Remember everyone, let's get educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. All right, folks, we have a new segment. Um, Happy 2019. I know it's already February, and I haven't really had a segment since November, so it's been a while. Um, Just to give an overview, you all know how the elections panned out in November, but um if you're a Democrat, it was exciting for many to see that Beto only lost by less than three points. It seems like Texas is becoming more of a swing state than it was fully Republican. Um even the statewide races, uh besides Beto's race, like for governor and lieutenant governor and ag commissioner ad commissioner attorney general, all of them had very close um races as well. Like they weren't um, you know, back In 2014, they won by double digits. Uh, They won now by single digits. So that was really interesting to see. So could Texas be blue in 2020 or be a real swing state? That'll be interesting to watch. It looks like Senator Cornyn, who is up for re-election in 2020, um, is not taking things lightly and is really taking things seriously that Texas could be um, not an easy win um, for Republicans. All right. Speaking of 2020, we all know that there are a lot of presidential candidates that have announced, um, you know, just to give you a list of some of them is Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, Tulsi Gabbard, Elizabeth Warren, Joaquin Castro. Um, it's really been interesting to see that, you know, we have four women that are running for president. Um, there seems to be a lot of diversity. Um, the three unknown factors are but all with bees. Ironically, Bernie, Beto, and Biden. Um, do you think that they'll be running? It was, you know, everybody's kind of having all these thoughts. Um, we also said see that the former CEO of Starbucks, Schultz, is also planning to run as an independent, um, which is making a lot of Democrats really upset. So. I'm not going to delve too much into what's going to happen in 2020. I think, you know, that's something that, you know, we're going to have um, many conversations and podcasts about on because even... For someone such as myself i have no idea who i want to vote for just yet i mean we're going to have to learn more about policy platforms and and understand what they're really trying to say i think it's interesting to note that a lot of them are talking about taking no pac money which is political action committee money a lot of them are talking about medicare for all um education and um yeah so it'll be really interesting to see how their policies pan out because i don't think all their policies for medicare for all and education Um, can really be the same, right? They're going to have to have some differences in their policies. And I think that's what's going to be the important parts to note. Um, I will say, you know, with um, Beto, I kind of hope that he runs for Senate, U.S. Senate against Senator Cornyn for 2020. I think that'll be an um, exciting election. Um, Biden for president would be very interesting. He has a ton of experience Um, with Bernie. You know, also the same has experience Um, but I do think it's very interesting how many Democrats have kind of, um, accepted a lot of his platform that he ran on in 2016. So it'll be interesting to see how much, how far they intend to go with a lot of what he campaigned for in 2016 in this 2018 election. Um, So anyways, what I'll be doing is definitely be looking at what these candidates have to say and um, following them on social media and kind of identifying the issues that I think will really matter to me. So on a personal level for me, I think student debt is a big issue. Um, You know, I went to law school and I have I took out loans and I have student debt and that's many Americans that um, attain a higher education and so I really want to see um, where a lot of these candidates intend to go with student debt because it is becoming a national issue. Um, student debt has reached $1 trillion and um, many people in my generation, the millennial generation are unable to um, buy houses. and you know, partake in the economy in so many ways that our parents' generation was able to. Um, Things are not as affordable as before, so I definitely want to see how these presidential candidates are going to address this issue. Of course, I'll have many other issues, I'm sure, that will be important to me, but for me, I think right now student debt is going to be one of the biggest ones. So maybe, you know, it seems really early, but you can start thinking and identifying some of the issues that you think will be really important for you on... and that will help you decide whom you would want to support um, for this upcoming presidential election. All right, I'm gonna pivot over to Texas politics. Uh, the Texas legislative session began in January 8th and we have a new speaker of the house, which is um, Speaker Bonin. Our previous speaker was Joe Strauss. He decided not to run for re reelection. Um, we have our Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick, who presides over the Texas Senate. Um, he gave a speech um, about how he wants to really push for more bipartisanship legislation which I find kind of ironic um, because he's really trying to last session he was really trying to push out a far-right um, agenda such as you know the bathroom bill, which we've talked about so many times and, you know, it never passed and he has no intention to bring it up this session, thank goodness. Um, But he talks about how there was somehow still a victory that it doesn't need to be addressed legislatively anymore, which I found really interesting. Um, And it's also kind of odd that, you know, he's talking about bipartisanship and then he's been having a lot of tiff with um, a senator from Amarillo. um, His name is Senator Seliger. And um, you may have read it on the news, I've definitely been posting it on Wise Up. but um, he has, um, Senator Seliger didn't really go, is a Republican and didn't really agree with uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick on many of his issues, such as um, charter schools. And so he was demoted from his chairmanship of higher education into um, agriculture and he seemed a little upset about it and maybe made a statement Um, towards Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick's um, staff, and he, in essence, was stripped of his chairmanship completely, and he is a senior senator, so um, that was very interesting to watch unfold, and I think it'll be very interesting to see because the Republicans don't have as much of a majority in the Texas Senate anymore, and he could be that one swing vote that could vote along with Democrats into where Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick can't really push through his agenda, so I think that'll be kind of fun to watch. Um, but regards as a whole, the three main players, like the Governor Abbott, uh, Speaker Bonin, and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, um, they are talking about how they intend to work together to fix um Funding public education and lowering property taxes, um, but the the House and the Senate are kind of going about different ways on how to do this. Um, the House is adding um, a significant amount of money um, to fund public education, things close to ten billion. Um, but I will say that one billion that is being added to public education is being taken away from health and human services. So that's going to really impact um, Medicaid, which we're already um, suffering from a shortage as it is, because we also haven't expanded Medicaid under the ACA. So we're not getting that federal funding. Um, Meanwhile, um, the Senate um, is going to wants to give teachers a five, thousand dollar raise and so they're essentially putting three point seven billion dollars in teacher raises so it's really going to come down to how they pass their budgets and then what's going to happen when they get together and try and figure out a compromise of how they really want to increase uh funding public education is it Giving a little bit more of a raise to teachers, giving that 5K raise, um, or putting it more towards infrastructure, more towards what is needed per student. Um, The Texas comptroller, Glenn Hager, came out with a big study in which he stated that currently the state funds public education at 36%, while property taxes, your property taxes, pay the rest for each school district. Um, Glenn Hager or the Comptroller Hager believes that we need to start funding at 40% of the cost plus inflation. Um, And so we'll see if the Texas house and Senate take that information into account. Um, Because the way public education is currently funded, they're only the state's only funding 36%. And then that's why property taxes keep going up higher because The city needs that money in order to fund public education now when it comes to property taxes it seems like the texas legislature um, they're trying to put out a bill which is called hb2 sb2 um, trying to cap the rate increase at 2.5 percent so if a city wants to increase the property tax higher than 2.5 percent it has to be Um, voted upon by the citizens of that city. Um, Cities don't like it because they use the money to um, pay for you know local services such as roads, um, policemen, firefighters, and various other um, services that a city needs. So there's going to be some controversy there Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see if they can really get proper um, proper public school funding and property tax reform done this legislative session as as well as they're prioritizing. Um, but yeah, we're still really early in legislative session and again it ends probably around um, end of May unless they go for a special session so there will be plenty of bills being filed. Um, don't worry, we will keep you posted on Bills the Boggle hey. That's what we're kind of naming um, this following of the Texas Legislature so that you can learn about some of the really crazy bills that are filed. Um, we're also posting but on social media so make sure you're um, following us on all forms of social media so that you can keep tabs. Um, so that's our overview for today and of course um, we will be having more segments more often again. I'm hoping to have some really great interviews coming up as well to make sure y'all are wising up on what's happening in the Texas legislature and on the national level. So I'm really excited um, for what's coming and I hope y'all are too. So don't forget Make sure you start thinking of what um, issues you want to prioritize for the 2020 presidential elections, and make sure you're following the Texas legislature, um, because these are the bills that are going to impact you the most on a day-to-day basis, more so than on the national level. So don't count it out. Make sure you tune in. And remember, everyone, let's get educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. Until next time.